Welcome back to another episode of Life Coach 180 with DJ Lopez. So I am so pumped about today's podcast. So excited to be with you. Like I said, this time that you've sacrificed, that you've actually to hit that play and to say, man, I would love to have DJ Lopez be a part of my life or hear a story. That means the world to me. Remember, guys, you can connect with me at YouTube, Life Coach 180, Instagram, Life Coach 180. Guys, again, all those different handles that we have, you can email me at djlopez7 at verizon.net. And I would love to hear from you. Guys, in, in uh, the podcast, in either Anchor, there's a feature that allows you to record and kind of leave your comments. So like I said, I'm very, very excited. The podcast continues to reach all over the country and uh, certain areas of the world. So I, I'm just blessed. I'm honored. I'm humbled. And so just to have you guys a part of my life, again, that you would hit play, right? Hitting play to say, hey, I would love to just hear what, what Lopez has to say and how can enrich my life. But you guys are enriching my life as well. And this is the reason why, why we do this. And so today, guys, we're going to dive into a special episode. And he's like a mentor to me. His name is John Maxwell. You might have heard about him before. Incredible leader, speaker, motivator, awesome man of character and honor. And so there's a book that I've been unpacking called 25 Ways to Win with People. And so today we're going to be talking about how to offer your very best. And if we want to be honest, that isn't easy to do, right? It's kind of like being in a car and you're stuck in the mud and you're trying to get out of it, but you just don't know how. The wheels are turning and you're trying to figure out, how can I get myself unstuck? I'm comparing myself to everybody else. Everybody's getting out, but I'm not getting out. And there's a secret to it. A lot of us, we're, we're, we're in this epidemic, guys, that we're facing in so many areas, not just COVID, but you think about trying to compete with the Joneses, trying to get first place, trying to be the man. Everything's about you. Take care of you first. And so that can be a problem, guys. When you have to look into the mirror continuously, that means that your hope, what drives you is what you see. And what you see is yourself. But growth comes out not when you look in the mirror, but it comes when you look away from the mirror. And so we're going to dive into this. Again, it's 25 Ways to Win with People. Man, awesome book to pick up with John Maxwell and Les Parrott. He's got a PhD as well. And so they had this partnership. They're working together. And I love the way they kind of took this book and tag teamed it up. One with research and then the other one with life experiences. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into, again, how can you be your best? Okay, how do you offer it? And so remember the analogy about being stuck in the mud. I want you to think about how do you get stuck? You need others to help you push you out. Put those planks, right? Those planks of wood underneath the wheels. See what I'm saying? Maybe lift it a certain way, position it to get you out. And so that's the hardest thing sometimes is that we tend to focus on, I've got to get myself out. I got to let the wheels of life keep turning. But when you look back, all you're doing is going deeper and deeper and deeper. And so today what we're going to do is, is kind of dive into that. Abraham Lincoln once said, I do the very best I know how, the very best I can, and I mean to keep on doing so until the end. And so it's about doing your very best. It's not about being perfect. It's about that driving force of saying, I'm going to give it everything that I have in my relationships, in my friendships, 
everything that you possess, that you give it everything. So create average moments into great moments. That's the first area we're going to look at that John Maxwell breaks down to do your best. Every moment, even an average moment, you treat can be a special day. Think about it. When you give your best, you elevate your experiences. So take every single moment and don't look at it as a downtime or look at it like this is just another day. But take that moment to say that this is another day that I can do something special, that I can, like I said, touch somebody's life. Average conversations can change meaningful when you listen with great interest. You ever talk to somebody and you're sharing your heart and all you see them is looking down on their phone and kind of scrolling? How does that make you feel? Not too good, right? Because they're not giving you that eye contact. And see, true meaningful relationships are those that just stop everything and say, I'm here and I want to listen. Relationships become uncommon when we transform them with effort. If you put energy in your relationships, if you give it everything you've got, it's going to have this what you call a reciprocity. It's going to come back to you in your marriage and the relationship you have with your children, with your co-workers. Are you putting forth the best ability that you have? Are you cheating? Are you cutting corners? Events, even family moments can be kind of spiced up with creativity. Maybe dinner at the park. Think about it, special walks, maybe painting. Okay, maybe building a tent. I remember when the kids were little, we didn't have much. And I was just really creative. We bought this little tent. And so we would think that we would be out in the woods. We set up the TV. We put the little mattress, the little twin mattresses together. But those are the special memories that my children remember. With my wife, we didn't have much. But in Philly, we would go to Penn's Landing and we'd take our walks. Even in the freezing cold, I remember my wife would actually walk before me. Actually, no, no, no. I would walk before her because of those bone-chilling winds would hit us. So I would come out like macho man. I'm like, honey, I'm going to protect you. So she would go behind me and I would be her shield. But the point is we wanted to be together. It didn't matter the environment. It didn't matter the circumstances. What mattered is that we wanted that time together that was going to be special. That nothing was going to divide it up. You have an example like this, guys, how conversation can be uncommon. I want to kind of break this one down. Now this is actually going to be Jesus and Nicodemus. And so Nicodemus was a high priest, but he was captivated by Jesus and how Jesus was impacting others around him. But Nicodemus, he knew that Jesus was different. There was something special about him, but he needed to see him. He needed to ask some questions. So we're going to dive into it. John chapter 3, right into verse 3. So this is the dialogue that was common, but because uncommon Jesus and Nicodemus now there was a Pharisee a man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council and he came to Jesus at night and said rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him notice the connection he meant right or or shared with Jesus he said well you are a teacher and you have this anointing over your life and we know that you're God sent but he was missing the mark. He still didn't know who Jesus was. So there was a commonality there. It's like meeting somebody in the streets and, and you see this kindness and you see the way they talk about the Lord and you know there's something special about them. But are they the one? Is this the Messiah they were looking for? So Jesus starts to go ahead. He starts to kind of flip it on him. He says, let's go to a, a, another level. 
In verse 3 it says, Jesus replied, Verily, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Man, wait a second. What's happening here? Unless you're born again? Let's see the connection that they're starting to make because Nicodemus, you can tell he's now lost. In verse 4 it says, How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus said, Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. So he was missing and he was like, wait a second, are you telling me that to be born again, I have to go back into my mama, being an old man and come back out? And that's not at all what Jesus was trying to tell him. So Jesus said, look, look, let's stay with me here. Verse five, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my sayings. You must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So all of a sudden now, something that Nicodemus is trying to get a hold of, Jesus is now letting him know, listen, think about your vision and your eyes. They're led by the flesh. They're led by what you're being born from. But there's something that you must be born into to now exit out differently. So if you're born of the flesh, the flesh you are. But if you're born of the spirit and of water, make that connection of water with baptism. Your life will be transformed in the spirit. So now all of a sudden, this whole dialogue, this whole transformational dialogue is now starting to change. So you think about it, guys. Think about what's going on here. Jesus is now trying to teach Nicodemus something so special. And so the first thing I want you to realize is that Nicodemus was speaking first. He approached Jesus first. But Jesus now listened. The art of a conversation is the power to listen and to see what the need might be. And so I just want to kind of draw that out in that relationship that you see there. Now, another thing that John Maxwell draws out is this. He says, steps to make others feel valuable. If you think about it, even with Nicodemus, Nicodemus, think about your worth. What greater worth will you have to know that you can be born by the Spirit, that you can now receive a spiritual upgrade here and now? And that's what happens a lot of times in our lives is that we get so stuck because what we see around us is just the flesh. How can I gain more money? How can I gain more value around my friends, around my peers? When God is really asking you, how much value do you want to gain in me? How much do you want to allow me to define you? How much can you realize that the more you give, you can't outgive me. The more you touch others, I'm touching you. And it becomes so transformational. And so there's a couple things I want to look at. Treat others as if they're important. Every single individual that you, that you meet, treat them with that value. In my job, for example, my custodians are just as valuable as I am. It doesn't matter the title. I think of John Wooden, and John Wooden, every single practice would pick up the broom and he sweep the floors to the gym. And John Wooden was the head coach of UCLA and won the most championships. A man of character, a man of value. But the point about it was that he knew what it meant to value others. 
you know and when when i see my peers when i see for example the custodians when i always tell them i can't do this job without you i'm so grateful this morning for example i'm, I'm headed to my classroom and and one of the uh the, uh, the kitchen aides were coming through and I walked up to her and I said, listen, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate all that you do because this couldn't be possible without you. So I'm in a classroom setting. What makes me higher than she is? Nothing, because we're a team. Because if it's not for the nutrition that she's putting into the, the mouths and the stomachs of these children, how can I reach them? How can you teach someone when they're hungry? when they have those stomach cramps. I really want you to, uh, to understand that because it's so important, guys, that we value others. Give them your undivided attention. Put away, again, any distractions that you might have. Again, we talked about it earlier. Phones, put them away. Eye contact, give them to them. If your wife is trying to talk to you, guess what? Shut the TV off. Put it on pause, okay? Give them that opportunity for them to feel valuable. In Ephesians 4, 29 to 32, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give you grace to those who hear. And do not give or grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice, now watch this. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Look at the levels, right? Remember we talked about the systems one and system three. The system two is the choice that we make. And so right here we have a choice. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. That's a choice. You already know, and we know when something is coming out of your mouth because you already thought it. Some people say, man, I can't believe I just said that. Well, guess what? You already thought it and it was spontaneous and it came out. That's why it's so important that when you make choices that we pause, that we slow down and say, is this going to build them up? And that's what I love about that scripture, how it focuses on the fact that what you're saying, is it good for building up? If it's not good for building up, guess what? Don't say it. It's as simple as that. But look at what's good for building up as we shift to a system three, right? Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. As God did, as Christ did, as he forgave us. So that becomes transformational. That makes you feel valuable when you can do that to others. And Luke chapter 631, it says, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. See, the way you act towards other ones is a mirror reflection of the way you truly are. And then it's hard. And it's hard sometimes to realize because you're like, nah, that's not me. And again, I'm talking to myself as well. So if, if I feel rude, if I feel obnoxious, then that's my spirit and that's who I am. And so constantly check yourself and say, you know what? No, the way I treat you is the way I want to be treated. So watch what you say and truly be about building others up and not tearing them down. Remember, we're a mirror reflection of how we treat others. So here's another one John Maxwell kicks into. Let's keep it going, boy. I mean, it, this was amazing. Another thing he talks about, he says, your life is on display. The way you live your life, people are constantly watching you. They see you. 
So it's constantly like, you can't say you're not on stage because you are. And you know what's amazing? A lot of people say, I'm not an entertainer, or why are you trying to entertain me? Even in education, I hear a lot of my peers, they'll, they'll come into my classroom and they're like, you, you, you act as if you're an entertainer. Well, I am an entertainer. I want you to think about what entertaining means. Entertaining means to capture the minds of those for a moment. Isn't that what we really want to do? That we want to go ahead and kind of take a quick snapshot and say, man, I want to get that aha out of you. And so let me flip it. Let me create a hook. Let me do whatever it takes to kind of get you to focus in. Your life is like that. People watch you. They watch your body language, the way you react, the way I react. So a couple things. Your actions are caught. They're not taught. It doesn't matter what you say. What matters is what you do. And there's a saying that says you're a, you're a master of what you don't say and a slave of what you do say. And so a lot of times what happens is that when you look at your life, if, if you're constantly talking, that means you got to back it up. But when you're quiet and you're submissive, think about how you master that situation. And a lot of times our anger comes out on us so quickly and then we forget that, man, I just spewed all those words out and now I'm struggling getting those back. For 30 years, John Maxwell, he's lived by this quote. I want you to check this out. My potential is God's gift to me. What I do with my potential is my gift to Him. Every moment that we live is about our full potential to Him. It's about giving back to Him. When I look at my marriage, I think of God, what can I give back to you? I look at my relationship with my children, what do I give back to you? When I go to my job, God, what do I give back to you? It changes it. I'm not working there for, for, for my peers. I'm not working there for my, you know, for my employer. God, I'm working there for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that gives you a renewed passion. Again, we talked about John Wooden right earlier, the most winning ex-coach. He said, make every day your masterpiece. Be creative with your day. Be that Picasso of every single day when you wake up to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I will maximize that moment. Why? Because you might never get it back. I like this quote here. So President Dwight Eisenhower shared by speaking at a national press conference. And it's amazing because he actually struggled with, with speaking. And so he was very inadequate as a public speaker. But he shared this story. He said he was living, excuse me, he said he was visiting a farm when he was very young. And an old farmer was approached, he actually by a buyer, asking a couple questions to the buyer says to him, um, what's the cow's pedigree? What about the butterfat production? Uh, what about a monthly production of milk? The farmer said, hmm, I don't know about the pedigree. I don't know about the production of the milk, but I do know she's a good cow and she'll give you all the milk she has. Live empty. Are you giving, sounds crazy, right? Are you giving all the milk you have? Are you holding it back? What happens to milk when you hold it back too long? It starts to spoil. Every single day, give it all you have. Live your life empty. Die empty. Give, give it all you have. And you'll see how you're going to reap those benefits. Experts have noted, when you work to possess a giving spirit routinely now, the benefit for yourself is going to not just benefit others and the way you reach them, but it's going to actually benefit you. 
So this was McAuliffe and C.R. Snyder. So they, this, uh, the resource was a classical source of human strength. So it's, again, that reciprocity, right? It's reciprocal. What you most want in your life is something that you have to give to others and you get back. See, the more you love others, the more love you're going to get back. But a lot of times what we do is that we'll stay in that corner just kind of moping and saying, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I don't have many friends. But the true question is, in order to have friends, you must first be a friend. In order to be counseled, you must counsel. In order to receive kindness, you must give kindness. So it's something that you begin to act out there. And you're going to see how that comes back. One of the biggest things that John Maxwell talked about was preparation. He said preparation is key. Preparation is important in a person's life. It makes a difference between winners and losers. We have to do the work before game day. We want to show up to the game and then we wonder why we're not prepared. And it's really practice. I remember Allen Iverson used to say, practice, practice. What about the game? You know, you guys care more about practice. Well, yeah, because practice is where you get your fundamentals. So you got to practice when you dive into relationships. You have to practice and prepare when you go before a classroom, before you go to the board, before you go to your job, right? In whatever capacity, being an engineer, being a lawyer, being a doctor, you don't want to go to the doctors and he says, listen, uh, by the way, I'm just practicing with you right now. No, that's game day. Your practice should have happened a long time ago. Preparation should be an attitude and a way of life. Prepare yourself in all areas of your life by constantly learning and being guided by God's manual. The greatest manual that we have is the Word of God. And we have to eat that every single day and ask God, God, how are you guiding me? Eat good books, devotional books. I mean, this is the reason why I'm sharing this by John Maxwell, because this is enriching me and I want to give it away to you. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where are you going? There's neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. This is Ecclesiastes 9.10. What does it matter when it's over? What does it matter when all of a sudden you're now just a memory? This is your moment. This is your time. This is when you make it happen. And it's going to take preparation. It's going to take you moving now. When you do the best all the time, you learn to live with no regrets. Even if you've given it everything you have, and in the world's estimation you failed, you didn't. Every, every, think about it, every setback is just a comeback. It's just preparing you to the next level. You keep fighting the good fight. If you get knocked down, okay, get back up. There's another round. And that's the beauty that every time you take a breath, it's a new round. You don't have to stay back. You don't have to shy away, stay in the corner taking hits. You start to swing back in life. The Word of God says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Look at how God prepared. He prepared for you way in advance. And He sent His Son just for you so that you could be the great individual that has been made to be he gave his life and he sacrificed and he served and did everything so that you could be elevated 
so that you could live a life worth living, that not only for yourself, but that you could transform others because of Jesus. And so that's the biggest impact that we can make, that we can see that our Heavenly Father, He created it. He positioned Himself. He prepared just for you. And if He could do that, right? If He could prepare, that means that we can also do it. Steps to stay in the game. So let's talk about staying in the game. Whatever arena you're in, find out by researching in relationships, in ministry, in business, every move you make, prepare for it. Honor those in leadership and value them. Don't try to take the game over. See, in doing your best, what you want to do is you want to find out any opportunities you get, how can I maximize it? If you're trying to go for a job, right, and you're about to be interviewed, prepare yourself to ask questions to them. They always say that. Is there any questions you have for me? How impressive is that when you know about the business, about the ministry, about the relationship? Learn more about the individual. Think about it, you don't get married and start learning about the individual. It's a process, it should be a process, right? During courtship, during dating. Treat everyone as valuable. We tend to get the most from those we value. If I saw everyone as important, not just the people I liked the most, I would always offer my very best. That change in attitude prompted change in my actions. This is what John Maxwell said. He said when he was going to school, he always performed well for the teachers he liked. And for the teachers he didn't like, he didn't perform that well. But what that does is that that creates a setback. When you value every single individual regardless and you give it everything you have, what it does is that it elevates you to another level. So let's apply it as we close out. Let's apply it. This, so this is going to be Dr. Les Parrott. He says, forget doing the minimum required to get by and focus instead on your maximum effort. Don't sit there saying, man, what is the least I can do to get this job done? Really say, man, what is the most I can do to maximize every single moment? One of the biggest lessons I learned in life was from my mom. And she said to me, in your job, son, don't ever be caught without having a broom in your hand. And what she meant to say was that you, if the job was slow, you keep working. If it's cleaning windows, if it's cleaning the shelves, if it's organizing the clothes, whatever job you had. I started working when I was 14 to help out my mom and we just didn't have that much. But what allowed my life to be set apart, even at the age of 14, and I'm walking, think about it, I'm working with grown men was that I kept working, was when everything was slowing down and people were standing around, I'd pick up the vacuum cleaner and I'd start to clean. And everybody were like, why are you cleaning so much and why are you trying to outdo us? It's not about outdoing others. It's about working unto God and being grateful for what you have and being a visionary. And that's the biggest thing is that if you want to get to the next level and whatever job you're doing and whatever relationship, you give everything that you have. Another thing that Dr. Les says is, when you volunteer, give beyond what is required. When you're volunteering, don't just say, hey, what is it that you need from me? But maximize what else you can give. And that's what's going to set you apart. Always remember that everybody appreciates a person who gives their very best. Remember what I said earlier, your actions are caught, they're not taught. Here's another one. Ask what you can do for someone who can never repay you. That's pretty powerful as we close out. What can you give to somebody that you know that they will never ever repay you? 
And there's a quote that I, I once heard, and, uh, and the statement was kind of like this within the quote. It says, you know, build trees and build shades under which you'll never enjoy. Live your life creating these palm trees that flourish for others and walk away and let them sit under it because you'll never, ever be forgotten. That's how special you are. That when you maximize your day and you give everything that you have, remember, the wheels in that car that are stuck in the mud, you're gonna see, guys, how they're just gonna slowly climb out of it. And it's gonna put you on the highway to life that you're gonna get to the next level. And so again, if this has touched you, this moment that we spent together, man, again, I, I just wanna hear from you. You guys are so special to me. I am so grateful that you, you've taken this moment and this time. And I just wanted to share real quick from my heart how much I love you, how much Life Coach 180, this ministry, is thinking about you. And so let me pray. Father, I just wanna thank you for this time and this opportunity I had with my family from all over the globe. God, I'm so grateful that they would just slow down and, and take this time either working out or about to go to bed or wherever they're listening to this podcast, that they would sacrifice this time to, to allow me to be in their hearts, allow your word to be in their hearts. God, you define them. God, you define me. Allow us to have a spirit of caring. Allow us to have a spirit of enriching others. Allow us to have a life of, of selflessness, Lord God, that we are just giving unto others the way you've given to us. And I just pray that whatever they might be going through health-wise, healing, Lord God, that you would just touch them. Mind-wise, mentally, God, that you would just transform their thoughts. Relationships, God, that you would restore their relationships. God, but I want them to be reminded in the name of Jesus how special. Thank you, Lord. Another opportunity that you've given me to share your word and wisdom. Thank you for the words from John Maxwell and, and Dr. Parrott. Tremendously blessed, Lord, by these mentors in my life, and I pray that I can do the same thing that I can give back and that they can see my heart. Give us strength, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, the love of the Father, and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen.